Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. He could feel the slow breathing as his buddy strained to keep himself from thrusting. Griff made the choice because there wasn't really any choice for him. He arched hard and pushed back onto Dante and the head popped into him. Dante gasped with him. Ow. Wow. He hadn't expected that. Griff's shaft swelled until it hurt under him. With infinite grinding patience, Dante drilled that perfect thick medium rare curve right into Griff until the pleasure made him see spots and he had to breathe through his mouth to keep from passing out. He groaned low in his belly and felt an answering rumble on his broad back. Neil. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Sexy, sexy, but we have a podcast. Shit, we do, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. But you can always go back to that. Yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. 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 Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. And we have so many spoilers. All the spoilers. So many spoilers all the time. Yeah. Just all of it. We tell you all the things. <laughs> yeah, we, we give you some spoilers, almost like... Uh, pre-spoilers, mm-hmm. and then and then they come out all at once <laughs> in this in this great great bunch, and then sometimes they come up at our faces. Yeah. Oh God, I feel like we need to talk about that. So yeah, I wanted. To yeah, like yeah, yeah, sure, 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 rep. sure. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so this time I picked the books. Uh huh. What did you pick? I picked. Falling Under, a Falling Under novel, book one by Gwen Hayes, and Hothead by Damon Swade. So the theme was, we read books by the authors of the books in our last episode, the, like, how to write romance novel authors. So I wanted to see if they had the chops. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a miss. Uh, a misnomer this is not true but like there's that statement that people say like those who can't do teach right 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 and uh, i one f- believe that is not true correct uh those who can't do become charlatans and <laughs> fake it um, yes but uh so we did want to see what they do yeah and here and they we, are and we and we did we did see what they do we did we'll get into it oh my gosh but first uh-huh. Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Oh my god, Neil. Yes. Neil. Yes. I bought a new camera. Oh my god. Okay, so I mean, cameras are expensive equipment. Yeah. Um, and I am a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh I would say like, what's it, a step up from amateur? Sure. Uh, like, like and more than a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a professional. Correct. At all. So somewhere around there uh, a, a journeyman photographer Ooh, that's an apprentice sounds... photographer mm. mm-hmm. semi-professional yeah. semi-professional yeah all of these things could... i mean you have been paid to i've been photos. paid quite a bit to do photos yeah. oh i'm in the wrong game <laughs> i've also not pursued it as a career or tried i think or tried no when people come to me for headshots i usually say i'm a great photographer for when you're in between headshots like yeah if like 
you just got a haircut and you also have a very important like audition coming up and you need to send them a headshot or you need to put it up on your website. I'm great for that in-between thing. I will take a very good photo of you and it will be very cheap. And then you can pay somebody to do the big stuff. Like yeah. So I, that's what I feel like I'm good at. Um, and I also feel like a lot of theater companies at our level that we work mm-hmm. at don't have the budget for a really good photographer. Right. So I can come in and I can shoot what they do and quickly turn around the photos to them mm-hmm. until they can afford a better photographer. Yeah, sure. So I mean, I feel like that's underplaying, <coughs> but I also feel like it's serving an important <coughs> role. Serving in an important role. So anyway, long story short, I bought a new camera and it was expensive and I'm very proud of myself. Are you in love with it? Oh my God. I'm so frightened of it. (laughs) There's so many buttons and dials and, and like, ugh, I press the wrong thing all the time and it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to camera. I don't know how to camera. That sounds like love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of these books we read um yeah no but i'm, I'm looking attracted to, to it. you but i'm afraid of you so it's gonna work out i'm going on a trip mm-hmm. very soon and i'm gonna take my new camera with me mm-hmm. and i'm gonna learn how to use it on the trip very excited about this and it's very hipster looking because it's um it's definitely it has the look of a vintage camera but mm-hmm. it's 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 not a film camera it's still yep. a still electronic digital camera i'm very excited very excited good <laughs> Anyway, so I'm hot about it. Great, 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 great. <laughs> and Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Okay, the garbage that is online dating. <laughs> Goodness. The other day, um, I was on one of the apps. Uh, an attractive young man who was visiting from New York did the thing. Each of them have a little thing where, like, it's sort of like a Facebook poke where it's not sending a message, but sort of like, oh, hey. Um, and different apps call it different things. Um, Grinder calls it taps. Uh, Growler calls it woofs. Yeah, and I forget what Scruff calls it. In any case, so this guy sent me whatever. Um, which is like, oh, hey, I'm interested in you. That's That's what that is. So I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, hey, great. Do you know where I can find some Coke? I was like... <laughs> I was like, no. And then he blocked me. He blocked you? Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. So that's the garbage of online dating. Although you could be a police officer, so there's very... So that guy sounds like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also, instead of saying Coke, he used a little snowflake emoji. Okay, no, he was the worst. Yeah. You should just have blocked him. Well, I didn't know that until it was too late. Oh. In in any case, it's like, this is what I have to put up with, and I'm sick of it. I might just go be a nun. Well, all right. You could be a sister of a perpetual indulgence. Oh, that's so much work. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of time and effort. (laughs) Being a nut, on the other hand. Being a nut, on the other hand. We'll see. You just cloister up and then... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be one of the ones that's like, I will transcribe a manuscript and pretend to be married to Jesus. What do you do with a problem like Neil Higgins? Yes, that's a question I sing to myself every single day. Anyway. Oh, the apps. I, 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 I just can't yeah. get over the names, though. I love them so much. I know. I, 
And half of them are missing vowels. Like <laughs> well, growler yeah. and grinder are both missing the E uh-huh. for the ER. So it's like growler, grinder. Scruff has all the letters. Oh, good for scruff. Good for scruff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's move on. Let's talk about books. <gasps> books? Falling Under. A Falling Under novel, book one, by Gwen Hayes. Thea Alderson has always led a sheltered life in the small California town of Serendipity Falls. But when a devastatingly handsome boy appears in the halls of her school, Thea knows she's been she's seen Hayden before, not around town, but in her dreams. As the Hayden of both the night and the day beckons her closer one moment and pushes her away the next, the only thing Thea knows for sure is that the incredible pull she feels towards him is stronger than her fear. And when she discovers what Hayden truly is, Thea's not sure if she wants to resist him, even if the cost is her soul. So, Claire, (laughs) that's what the book says. It's about... What's this book about? Oh... Oh, oh, oh my goodness. I, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this book. Oh, this book. Tell me. Tell okay. us. All right. So Thea has, in fact, not always lived in this small town. All right. Um, and in, in fact, she used to live in London. Yeah. <laughs> and up until like, what, a couple years ago. Um, I, it, I, the, the, the timeline felt a little weird yeah, to me. Like I wasn't, I think. I think like, I remember correctly. either, because she wasn't born. No, she was born in London. I think they moved to California when she was, like, nine-ish. Yeah. But also, which is barely... Like, what, 17 now? She's 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little weird. I wasn't quite sure. Like, she no mention of her life back in England. Nope. Or what that was like. Nope. Or... And it didn't feel like England. Uh... This or, also didn't feel like California. It always oh, definitely didn't feel like California. <laughs> so many California, like it was Bay Area too. Yes, well, Bay Area. It sounded like it was way, way east, e- and like pretty far. It north. didn't, except for the fact that uh, they go to the beach. Oh yeah, yeah. and it, it only takes them twenty minutes to get there. Oh, so it had to be North Bay. Yeah, that's okay. what I think too. Like somewhere like Marin. Ish. Ish. But, like, I, it had to be like, further. Like, way honestly. up there. Like, I on it. Yeah. They had, they had a waterfall. Yeah. There are no waterfalls along the beach here. No. Anyway. But also, like, yeah, it couldn't have been Bay Area. It was very... And it... There were there were brick buildings, too. Well, so. there were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little weird. That was a little strange. Um, so, Thea? Is that what we're saying? Thea? Yeah. Thea. It's a lot of vowels right next to it. <laughs> it really is. Is it short for something? I don't know. Um, I don't remember saying. I do think that Thea was a kind of a witch in in like history. Like there's a Thea who is a witch. Oh, okay. Um, Let's read that book. Yeah, honestly. No, I mean, <laughs> what? No. Okay. So Thea is a very lonely girl in high school. She has two friends and that's it. And they are not high on the social order in high school and often are tray bitter about it. Yeah. So here's the thing. If I may interject quickly, they, um, they call the popular kids, the sneeches. Oh, I hated that. So fucking much. Every single time it came out, it's like, oh, the Sneeches. Oh, fuck you. And why were they named the Sneeches? Because there were the Starbelly Sneeches and like the popular kids had the stars and nobody else did. 
Anyway, so they were constantly bitter about the snitches, but every time one of the snitches shows up, they were fine. Yeah. Like, nobody was ever mean to them. No. And Donnie's like, fucking snitches, those fucking, fucking, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then that guy starts showing up, Gabe, who's one of the snitches, and he's just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Have a great day. Uh, I'm just going to be pleasant and nice. Donnie was the worst character in this book. Unpleasant. Bitter. Bitter. Uh... And, okay, and I'm going to say this. Unlike, I like an unlikable character. That's fine. As long as mm-hmm. there's, like, a reason. Yeah. I do, why? What is what is this? And you have to give us something. Yeah. There were a couple moments where, because Thea comes from lots and lots of money, and Donnie comes from very little money, and there were times when Thea's just like, oh, this is what my life is, and Donnie's like, I've had to work so hard my family's had to work so hard for these things that are so easy for you. Be grateful. And those moments I was like, okay, fair. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, Donnie was wholly unpleasant. Wholly, completely unpleasant. And so Thea, Thea lives with her father, who's mm-hmm. a single parent, mm-hmm. because her mother died in childbirth mm-hmm. 17 years ago. And her father is quiet and doesn't like talking, doesn't like showing affection or love. And in fact, prob- and in fact, the daughter assumes, and then we find out later is true, he blames her birth for the death of the woman he loves so mm-hmm. much in his life. And he's he keeps her pretty well cloistered. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a, a little abusive. <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, definitely negligent. Yeah, it's for sure negligent. <clears throat> I, I, I think I would agree. And then she, there is a maid who comes in mm-hmm. that we get a lot of in the second half of the book, and but only the name of, and no real characterization. Yeah, of her life. just that she's like, even though she's obviously the most important adult woman in her life. I know it's. <laughs> are you feeling okay, Thea? Do you need a slice of cake? And that's all we get from her. Yep. And yep, like, that's yes, it. Yes, I'd like a slice of cake. Yeah, thank yes, you. please. Thank you. Um, Thea, we we come into Thea when she's dreaming. She oh no, she's not dreaming. Uh, a man falls from the sky. Yep, burning, burning, burning. Uh, and <laughs> Christine's face—it's <laughs> like a shooting, like a meteorite comes and lands in her backyard. But it's a man. Yeah, yeah. And it definitely feels like what's happening is you're sort of watching a an angel fall. Yeah. Like, that's that's the way it's written. That there's an angel falling. Thea runs out into the yard, and he's like, he looks at her, and he's like, worth the fall. And then it crumbles into dust. And then he crumbles into dust, and she's like, this was a weird thing that this just happened to me. super bizarre. And she's this like, can't be normal, right? I, I wonder if I was dreaming. And she, she looks outside, and she's like, nope, there's scorch marks <laughs> that we never bring up. And her father, who's like, very protective of her doesn't think about so but he has, i think because he has gardeners right but they would have said something surely somebody would have said something somebody would have said something anyway so f- for a while after that she has dreams of going into a labyrinth and there's a man dressed in regency clothes at the center he calls her lamb and they dance they dance while skeletons dance about them they dance without touching they dance without touching is, that okay is important. so i have to say i love a creepy ballroom dream sequence. Like, uh, the magi- no, um, 
Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, uh-huh. every time the wife was in yep. the fairy, yep. loved reading all of it. Agreed. And these scenes in this book, like, some of that shit was super creepy. Like, the people at the ball, like, their faces were all sort of rearranged, or somebody had, like, two noses and no eyes, and, like, they looked like Picasso paintings, essentially, and yep. they were just sort of, like, everywhere dancing, and I thought that was really cool. And there's a bit later... <clears throat> where she meets these three these three women who are attendants of like the main antagonist and they're three different women who'd been taken apart and sewn back together in different combinations and I thought that was super cool it was really cool and there's because he's always like don't touch me don't touch me because then I can't control myself so the, there's a part where they waltz without actually touching but I'm imagining they're still in like the waltzing positions they're just not touching I'm like this would make a great scene in a movie honestly yeah no. I think so three things those dream sequences sounded very lush to me and i really enjoyed them they did i also enjoyed them um well i enjoyed them up to a point i well yeah i mean hayden oh hayden so yeah and then she goes to school we meet all of her friends whatever and a new boy shows up from new york and he's the man from her dreams Uh um and his name is hayden and he's attractive and everybody likes him they Mm -hmm. all assume he's going to be a snitch right away and he is and he is like be friends with us and he's like okay and then donnie's like how fucking dare he and i'm like he's at a new school and somebody offered to be his friend he's you're gonna say yes right you're not gonna say no thanks (laughs) what is is, fucking donnie fucking donnie oh uh, and therein we begin our sort of dance between like the real world and the dream world. Mm-hmm. Both of them are real worlds, of course, right. but like uh, where he, she, she goes to him in the dream world where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they dance, they don't touch each other and they sort of begin a kind of courtship. And in the real world where there's students at a high school and he's, trying to be normal and she's also trying to be normal mm-hmm. with him and you get sort of normal high school stuff right. happening and he, like sometimes acknowledges her like he doesn't acknowledge that they know each other so she's like is it the same guy am i just having these really vivid dreams about this new person or is it just like him two hims i don't know yeah which is i guess a legit question but you did see a man fall from the sky so i don't know right. um <laughs> Ergo. Er- I mean, it's like Tuesday night for me. Oh, f- man falling out of the sky. Whatever. Obviously, it's a demon and he's going to be in my dreams. <laughs> yes. Duh. Cut to finding out he's a demon. He's a demon. Um, okay. And he's a demon. He shows up in her dreams. They obviously, they fall in love with each other and yeah. they have this pseudo weird ass courtship. And he's really jealous. He's Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. I uh, don't read YA in mm-hmm. large part because I fucking hate teenagers. <laughs> I, I mean, like, and uh, okay, no, 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 no. It's quite possible that I hate teenagers as written through adults. Maybe. Um, it's just they don't sound true. They don't feel like they have teenagers' problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, we read the one summer romance that where she works at the ice cream shop on the island i thought that was genuinely cute yeah but it also felt like those were real teenager problems yes and she felt like a real teenager and so did he did yeah um these two i mean the banter about sex stuff that the girls had didn't feel like teenage Mm -hmm. banter about sex stuff yeah Um, and thea to me felt like 29 year olds and like 
Les Liaisons de Jerus or something. Right. I and and a lot of like Hayden's like and I also completely I, I, I like the trope where you can't touch each other. And you have mm-hmm. to be sexy without touching each other. I think that's really interesting. <coughs> What I hate is when one character doesn't explain things to the other. Mm-hmm. That is in their power to explain. Yeah. Uh, one character says, don't touch me because I could hurt you. What? Why? How? No, I can't tell you. Why? Why? I can't tell you that either. What do you mean? I can't touch you. Don't try to touch me. But I want to touch you. Yeah, well, that's not happening. Why? Well, I can't tell you that. I could hurt you. And I also dislike... <laughs> I also really dislike the trope of because then I won't be able to control myself. Uh, like it just feels like rape fantasy. Yes, and I hate it. Uh, I and hate it so and much. like the sort of this idea that he, all men cannot really control themselves mm-hmm. at some base level. They are always trying to control themselves, mm-hmm. and men when they are around the person they love and have want to have sex with the most they have to work the hardest and you should see that as a kind of romance it's not romantic nope <laughs> it's and it's not true it's and it, allowing for men to have shitty behavior yeah yep yeah it's that this is incontrollable and and like and that trope plays throughout this book that he mm-hmm. likes it when she's virginal and not when she's a trollop, in his own words. Oh, God, yeah. And that was exceedingly gross. That was gross. Um, like, when she eventually meets his mother, he, she says more or less the same thing. Um, she says, I'm not like other girls, because she's just not interested in that. But it did kind of come around a little bit. Not enough for me. But at the end, where she finally looks at him after she's learned a whole bunch of lessons and gone through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. she's like, don't tell me what to do anymore. Never tell me what to say. I can dress how I want to dress. Yeah. Uh, cool. Great. Also, don't date guys who don't like the way right. you enjoy dressing. Right. And the thing is, too, that like her her father's the exact same way. Yeah. He buys all of her. He has a stylist that buys all of her clothes. Like, he discourages her from saying things things expressing emotions anything like that so of course this is the same situation where we see like the bad relationship versus oh our heroes coming in to save her and it's exactly the same yeah all the men behave exactly the same in these like good versus bad relationship stories it's just oh well you want to fuck this guy so it's okay nope that's still allowing men to behave shittily Mm -hmm. and that is not what we need right now in this day and age it is 2019 people just like get it together but neil yes neil yes it's not just that he's a human boy he's a sex demon who's he come to steal his demon. bride so <laughs> i mean when he says i won't be able to control myself that i'll believe because part of him is inhuman and i know that that's like Ooh, the danger and the fantasy and blah blah, blah. it's like oh no when he has sex with people he like drains their life force and that he he as a demon is constantly craving that, so yeah, don't don't touch him. He'll drain your life force. Yeah, but I I. But he also needs to steal a human bride. I super just wish that was like set up at the beginning. Yes, there was really no reason also, to not just fucking tell us that. It's sloppy world building, and let me tell you why. So we don't find out until much much much. We know that he's half demon, and then we find out much 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 later. So his mom Mara is like 
the queen of nightmares. Yeah. The queen of the under is what yeah. they call it. Um, she is the mayor in nightmare. Yeah. I hated that line yeah, so fucking sure. much. Um, demons cannot reproduce. Demons need humans to reproduce. Okay. That, that in is, is an established trope. It like in world mythologies. Yeah. I buy it. Also great. stealing a bride to go to take under also established yeah. trope. Also I'll, established. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so if a demon mates with a human and their offspring is half demon, if that half demon mates with a human, does that make their offspring a quarter demon? And then eventually there's like barely any demon in there. <laughs> How is that helpful? And then Mara is immortal, but she wants Damon to take over. And that's not explained at all. No, I know. I was like. She's like, you need to have a bride so you can rule my kingdom for me. I was like, why? Why? Where are you're you not, going? You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're doing Obviously, nothing. You were not killable. Right. And nobody's trying to. Right. Even, even if she'd just been like. I'm bored of this. I want to spend the rest of eternity just, like, fucking men to death. Great. I mean, like, that's Lear, right? Lear just felt like retiring so he could just go, you know, hunt and eat and whatever. If that was her deal, great. It was never explained at all. No, not not at all. Not even once. And all of this could have been brought up in the dream sequences. Yes. Before she even met him in the real world. Yeah. And it would have been so interesting. Why do they need a human bride? And, like, I was assuming it's going to be because, you know, like... Right. Um, I've read enough fantasy and like world mythology to be like, oh, it's probably going to be that demons need humans to. to or like every hundred years we bring a bride down or whatever. Whatever, whatever. But no, it was just like I need a I need a human bride. Okay, and everyone's just like, yeah, sure, fine. I meh. yeah, it was Ugh. it wasn't great, and so then, mm. uh blah 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 she uh he falls in love with her he doesn't want to harm her in any way he doesn't want to take her down to hell is this also when we find out that he's been stalking her well he's been talking yeah he's he's he's, he's like i've been looking at you he's been watching he has this like mirror in his bedroom in the under that lets him look at earth and he like stumbled upon her and he he watched her through the years and that's why he came to Earth. He was like, oh, I'm going to take her. She's going to be my bride. But then when he saw her, he just fell in love with her so much that he didn't want to torture her by taking her to under. At which point uh. I was also like, why? Why? Why her? I mean, she seemed nice. Very shy. Because she was pretty. Very virginal. Yeah. Oh, no, she was just pretty. Like, he that's... just fell in love with her because she was pretty. He didn't even talk about her music. No. She's a very accomplished violin player. Well, not player. till way later did he talk about it. Ugh. And honestly, like, sh- she, her character served in this to ask questions. She asked questions of her friends. She asked questions of her father. She mm-hmm. asked questions of Hayden. She asked questions of the mother. She asked questions of the psychic. Like, she was just there to ask. Oh, to I can't wait to talk learning. about it. Yeah. yeah. So, like ask questions of all these people and it wasn't until way later she had any lived experiences that she could be her own character Mm -hmm. in i didn't see her why she would be interesting at all she wanted nothing not even a modicum of freedom at the beginning she she 
she didn't want to go dancing when they took her dancing. She didn't want to like seek out Hayden when she eventually saw Hayden. She wanted to avoid him at first. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be left alone. She didn't want to know about her mother. She didn't ask a lot of questions about her. I also missed opportunity. I 100% thought she was going to be an angel for reals. Yes. And they hinted at that and then decided to not, not go through with it. Well, there's a second book. So, well, I'd assume that she can't be an angel because at one point she was transformed into a demon. The mother? No. Oh. You know, that was just... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just Hayden's mother pretending because no, no, he had no, no, no. memories. I, we were, I was talking about Thea. Oh, right. I thought Thea was part angel because demon, sex demons, he's an incubus. He has the lure. Right. Which is what he said. And it actually which seduces mortals. And it whenever he uses it on her, it makes him repulsive to her. So she's like not only immune to it, but something in her fights against it. Which is why I thought her mother would be an angel. Right. And and why they would be a perfect couple, because he was half demon and she was half angel and it would sort of cancel each other out or something. And then they'd have one human baby. Yeah. Or they could actually live or survive or something. Something. I I was I didn't whatever. And it was very angry about the whole thing. Anyway, but Onto the things we do need to talk about. So onto the things. So they're at high school. They're at um, high school. <laughs> their third friend, Ami. It's her name is Amelia. Right, and they call her Amy. Um, right, but it's A M E. Ame. Ame. Because it's Ami Amelia Ami. Right. Ami. So Ami takes her, which is friend in French. If you put an oh, I in there. Well, yeah. good Good for her. Um, <laughs> So she likes tarot cards and getting her fortune read. Mm-hmm. So she takes her friends to a psychic that mm-hmm. she's got her that she wants to take her friends to. Madame Varney. Madame Varney and Madame Varney is a nineteen-year-old guy who reads fortunes and drag. Wanted that book. I wanted want that, that book. book. He was amazing. He's like nobody wants to listen to some nineteen-year-old guy tell their fortune. They just want to talk to some old lady. So he does like the full makeup and the shawls and the wigs and the ah. Uh, Yes, Miss Amelia. Mm. Just like great, and he's like, he gets really and is obviously psychic. Obviously psychic. Um, He he recognizes in Amelia that she's also kind of psychic, and he looks at Thea and is just like, "Oh, girl, something bad's about to happen to you. Shit is going down. I'm leaving town. Bye." Yep. And they're like, what? And we know, like, oh, demons. Demons are happening. Demons are happening. Something's hooked itself into you. And she's like, what could it possibly be? It's Hayden. It's obviously Hayden. You idiot. You idiot. You saw a man fall from the sky. (laughs) How are you not more concerned about this? Burning. Burning. And then then you have dreams every night and wake up with black roses. Obvious. Obviously something. Girl. 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 (laughs) <laughs> anyway but varney was great because then he ended up coming back and it's just like oh shit's going down i'm gonna help you okay so here's the thing this book was lots of books so many books <laughs> um so because I, I have to say the most interesting parts are coming up yeah the whole two th- first two thirds of this book were horrific. I didn't like them. I didn't know why I was reading them. Mm-hmm. I was having an exceedingly hard time keeping to read it. I kept getting bored. I wasn't like, even the dream The dream sequences weren't enough. She was such a stupid character. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. 
And then she's pulled into the under. Mm-hmm. And the book becomes fucking amazing. It was amazing. Oh my god, it was so good. It was I so start cool. the book there. Start the book there. Right? It was that's, so good. That's where we have the three sewn together women. Yes. And the skeleton book. Oh my god. No, and, and even weird... just like the sucking down into yeah, the yeah, under yeah. was so fucking good. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. in a way that I haven't been scared by a book in a while. Like, so she's just hanging out in her room and then she's she's like here's a weird noise and then there's like this this light coming out of she looks through a peephole and she's looking into her own room but it's without her in it and she turns around her shadow pulls it itself off of her and runs away and then she hears noises coming through the wall and it's bones jangling together yeah which she recognizes from one of the dreams and it's bone people and they come through the wall and they just grab her and yank her yeah it was so good. And then she's thrown in a dungeon mm-hmm. and it was scary. Yep. And then she's uh, treated like a princess and like sort of put in nice right. clothes. But her skin is falling off of her because she's like decomposing right in the thing. Yeah. They had to, because whenever passing from under to the over where we are, the realm of the living and vice versa, the first time you do it, you have to burn. So you fall out of the sky burning. So... She had to be, because she's human, she had to be put back together. And, yeah. like, Mara put her back together. And, like, one of the best lines is, like, uh, my skin feels too tight. I've been put back together wrong. Mm-hmm. And she looks at herself in the mirror and is like, it is her, but it's not quite her. Like, she looks ever so slightly different. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was really good. And then she meets the mom. And then it uh, come to find out the mother is basically kidnapped her. Because she's like, okay, whatever her motivations are, she's like, we needed to make this happen. You're obviously his bride. You two have to get married. And he doesn't want this to happen anymore. Because now he truly loves her and mm-hmm. wants her to live a full life. And so they're trying to fight this together and trying to, like, survive this. And it's hard. And the mother's like, no, no, no. This this part was creepy and not my favorite part but like uh she's like no you have to have sex with each other and try to make an heir and here's like magic dust that's gonna make you horny for each other and it does but they're able to resist it Mm -hmm. that was when i was okay with like overwhelming feelings yeah yeah yeah. i thought that worked out really well and then um her friends back surface side (laughs) are (laughs) are working with varney to try to get them to get her back Mm -hmm. and they succeed and they bring her back but now her love is down there and she wants to get him back and so there's this whole trade thing that sort of happens they they try to bring him back but they can't because he's half demon so when they call him they only get the demon side and his soul is still down in the under but she goes down to try to save him and she makes a deal with Mara that she'll never try to escape and that she'll stay and like be his bride and stuff well as long as he's saved yes as long as he's safe and so he becomes human now fully human back up back up i keep wanting to call it stateside like surface side <laughs> surface side he becomes fully human without his demons self like surface side and is has amnesia doesn't remember mm-hmm. anything i wish that he had just sort of like appeared because immediately the friends find him yeah and it's just kind of like, there was no point in him having amnesia at that point. Because, like, everybody was there to provide him the answers. It wasn't about him trying to discover I think, anything. yeah, yeah. I think the author intended it for it to be, like, so he doesn't have, like, certain feelings about her. 
Like, that he has to sort of rediscover his love for her. Right, but... But his love was based on attraction, so it's fine. Right, and it could have been him rediscovering his feelings as a human. Agreed. Not just a human with a demon side. Anyway, so then so then they've switched places, and he starts having the dreams about her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, go away, I can't touch you, I can't yeah, control he's, myself. She says all the things, mm-hmm. and it's, like, really interesting, and then they do switch again, and it's like, they, and, then, and yeah. then there's and then they're, they're fine. And then he comes to rescue her, mm-hmm. and she's like, I can't leave, I promised I'd never leave, and he's like, no, you promised you'd never try to leave, but I'm abducting you. Yeah. And it, it's the one, it's the one time that I'm like, Okay, yeah, kidnap a woman, sure. But at the same time, it's like, it's just playing more into, like, the kidnap yeah. fantasy and the... Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, and so... And also, it switches perspective fully. Like, we get little yeah. bits of his perspective in the first two-thirds of the book. In this, we get his entirely. And it's honestly really interesting. And very cool. The horror stuff was great. Um, the last third of the book was really interesting. I don't think it was fully a success, but it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Hayden was—I didn't like him. I didn't like Hayden. I didn't like Thea. Um, I didn't like the father, who, as soon as Thea disappeared, was no longer an important character. Right. Like all we said about him was, "Oh, he's worried about her." The end. The end. Bye, bye, guy, Mister Alderson. Yeah, uh, bye, guy, who we obviously didn't need his character at all. At all. Yeah. Could have, you know, been cut. Yeah. So. Um, I did feel that this book 100% was written after she read Twilight and mm-hmm. she, she makes fun of Twilight a little bit, but I'm like, girl, you're just following the same beats though. The yeah. exact same beats. And I'm not talking about the beats you wrote in your book about writing beats. Mm-hmm. Y- the exact same structure of that book yeah. the the character choices how they react to each other it's like you read that book and was like gosh i just wish he was a half demon and then you wrote that <laughs> and then i also think you did read jonathan and mr norrell mm-hmm. and absolutely just took from there yeah. and uh, fine i'm i'm all i'm down for reading like a thief but <laughs> I, i'm also weirded out when you make it fucking obvious right also with a 17 year old Oh, gosh. And then, like, that they were 17, and the way... Well, he's 170. Fuck that shit. (laughs) Well, and then, like, his room in hell was a normal teenage boy's room. A people room. Except with some Regency clothes. Yeah. But all... And a a magic mirror. Like, I could not imagine his mother, Mara, standing in that room. Imagine a regular teenage boy's room, and Uh then put inside of it. An the, elegant the demon queen. A demon queen succubus. <laughs> nope, it's dumb. No, no. Anyway, so it was the last third. Holy fuck! That yeah, it kicked into goddamn gear. Yeah, it did. Um, it's it was it for me. It was like the arc of a lot of Netflix seasons, where the first two episodes are really great. Nothing happens until like episode seven, and the last three episodes just like hook you in. Yeah. Like, him falling out of the sky. Oh, my God, that's super interesting. Oh, he start, she starts having these dreams, and it's like, oh, like, is he real? Are there two of them? What's going on? And then that dragged on for too long. And then just like, why do I... Why am I here? Why am I still here? Why am I still doing this? And then she goes into under, and it's like, oh, yes, sewn together ladies and demon queens, and here we are. Yeah. I will say, so here's the things I did see from her book on writing. Um... All of the plot stuff were there. All of the beats. Mm -hmm. Everything. It was all there. 
yeah. um, that they were not connected threads, like that you didn't feel that character and story and plot and theme and all that were actually connected mm-hmm. to each other. Unfortunately, that was a very true thing. Yeah. Um, also, it it felt uh, it felt a little bit like a pantser, like where she wrote a lot of really cool things, didn't know where to go and just sort of borrowed a lot until she figured it out again. Yeah. And like, I felt like this book like, like needed a little bit more revision. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's close though. I mean, the horror stuff in this book mm-hmm. is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I almost was like, I wish you were writing a straight up horror novel with romance in it. Yes. Like, I feel like oh I would have loved yeah. the shit out of that. The book. descriptions of Stefan Under and just how, oh, there was the um, the banquet that she went to, yeah. where they were served. You know, it was like the covered dishes, and when they removed it, it was something that was still alive, and she was expected to just like kill it there on the plate, and like all the guests around her were who were the ones with the like completely like fucked up faces, were just like, oh yeah, no, this is totally normal, and she's just like, uh. Uh, but then Hayden like whispered something to one of the butlers. I hated that part. I had a peanut butter sandwich. I wish she just told her not to eat. That way we get the Persephone trope. Right. No, it's fine. But like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I feel like we need to move on, um, time wise. But like, yeah. I mean, I really, really wish. I think if you like horror, mm-hmm. I I really recommend this book. Yeah, it like, was spooky. Yeah, there was some really spooky parts. Yeah. Um. But I think we should move on. Okay. So, next book. Hello, listeners. Just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we will be doing another live show. It is so exciting. We'll be doing a show at Books, Inc., our favorite place to do shows, uh, in Laurel Heights in San Francisco on Thursday, February 13th at 7 p.m. And believe it or not, that will be our two-year anniversary. Can't believe we've been doing this for only two years. So come on by and see us. We'd love to see you. Since 9-11, Brooklyn firefighter Griff Muir has wrestled with the impossible feelings for his best friend and partner at Ladder 181, Dante, how would you say? Anastasio. Anastasio. Unfortunately, Dante is strictly a ladies' man, and the FDNY isn't exactly gay-friendly. For ten years, Griff has hidden his heart and in a half-life of public heroics and private anguish. Griff's caution and Dante's cockiness make them an unbeatable team. To protect his buddy, there's nothing Griff wouldn't do. Until a nearly bankrupt Dante proposes the worst possible solution hothead.com a gay porn website where uninformed hunks get down and dirty and the darkest fantasies on camera can he rescue the man he loves without wrecking their careers their families or their friendship that's what that book yep. says it's about. One small question. It's uniformed. Huh? Uniformed. Which is different from uninformed. Yes. No. Uh, because, I apologize. It is far. The, the screen yeah. I'm reading from is further because away from me. They are informed. The guy who runs the website is actually really awesome. Oh my God. He's the best. <laughs> he's so nice. Okay. okay. Well, I have things to say about that scene because he's sure. the best than the worst than the worst than the best. Like, it's, it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah uh, 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 uh. Okay. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so 
We have Griffin, quote, Griff Muir, who uh, grew up in Brooklyn. His mother died when he was young, and then his dad, who's a fire marshal, sort of checked out. So he was adopted by, like, unofficially adopted by a loud Italian family, the Anastagios, and... Um, Griff was originally friends with Dante's older brother, Flip. Yeah. Um, through uh, football. And then he became friends with Dante and et cetera, et cetera. So, something I have to say about this book. It, uh, it was definitely written by a gay man who came into his sexuality watching, like falcon porn from like the early 90s what is falcon it's a studio oh okay it's not porn with falcons it's a studio i didn't think it was porn with falcons but i was like but i did hear in my head when you said it (laughs) (laughs) it's like the the super beefy super hung Mm. blah 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 so like i mean griff ticked off a lot of boxes for me i'm not gonna lie but like you know they're all buff, and it's just guys hanging out together, and that, that, that. And we see four women. Four women in this book. One is Mrs. Anastasio, so the mom. We see the stupid drunk girlfriend at the beginning. We have Dante's sister, who's loud and obnoxious, and then we have the the brassy lesbian, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then the rest of it is just like, oh, just dudes hanging out. <laughs> and then also like the plot is what happens in a lot of gay porn and either it's an act or it's not where it's straight men who are like I just need the money so it's basically like oh well all straight men have a price and I, I find it so icky I dislike it so much yeah no I, <sighs> I was also not comfortable with it I he kind of played around with the idea that maybe uh, maybe Dante really did want to have sex. Well, with we'll get into that. Yes. Anyway, so Dante ha- bought this house, and it's a real fixer upper, like it's a money pit. But the thing about Dante is that he also loves hosting and like being generous with his friends. So he spends more money than he should on other people. So he's, and then it reiterates over and over and over again, like how shitty your salary is when you work for the fire department. By the way, there's so many problems in this book would have been solved if we just pay our firefighters appropriately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, this is one of the first books we've read that's mentioned 9-11, where it was like actually important. Yeah. For a couple reasons. One, Griff and Dante were there, and Griff literally pulled Dante out of wreckage from one of the towers. Oh, at it is. It is. The description of that scene, that bit where he was talking about when he was there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It, it was stark. It was hard. It was written by a New Yorker. Yeah. It was. It was beautiful, haunting, and beautiful. Um, but then also, um later in the book it's like because this is 10 years later and he's like oh and they still aren't paying us money and this is shit we still have to deal with even though we were like on the one hand we're the city's darlings on the other hand we don't have the money that we need to like do what we need to do so it talks about how firefighters all have like three jobs Mm -hmm. so um oh yeah definitely this was 
Uh, I believe these men were firemen. Yeah. There was yeah, never did. a moment where I was like, this doesn't feel realistic. I was like, nope, this feels no, like they're feels really realistic. Um, so Dante has this house and he needs money. And so he met this Russian named Alec. And Alec won- runs a website, hothead.com. Um, and basically Dante's like, oh, if I go and jerk off in front of a camera, then I'll make some money and it'll be great. And he, he's the sort of guy, like, he has very little modesty. He loves, like, regaling people with stories about himself. He has no shame about himself. So he is, has been telling Griff about it and then, like, sends him the link. Meanwhile, Griff is secretly in love with Dante. He's been divorced from a woman, and now he's just, like, in love with Dante. And he's like, I don't know if I'm gay, but, like, I'm in love with my best friend. What do I do? I'm living in the basement in, like, my childhood bedroom with my cold, unfeeling father. And, like... Who, who actually might have Alzheimer's? Yeah. And I was like, ooh, uh, are we gonna or it, get it, into that a little bit? It might have been um, alluding to a drinking problem. Yeah, it was... It, it was... I rough, rough. <laughs> it was it was rough. Yeah, I, no, I also kind of felt a little unnecessary. Yes. Um, so while Griff is dealing with this and kind of like, okay, I'm not going to go to the website. I'm not going to go to the website. I'm not going to go to the website. And then Dante sends him the link, and he's like, shit. Okay, I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm watching it. I paid for a membership, and I'm watching. It. I'm not going to jerk off. I'm not going. I am jerking off right now. <laughs> oh God, what am I going to do? Um. So he, while this is happening, he's also sort of trying to, like, figure out his own life. So he decides to go to a gay bar in Manhattan where he... <laughs> that scene was so cute. <laughs> where he, he won't see anyone that he knows. Uh, turns out he does see somebody yep. that he knows. Um, one of the paramedics that he works with a lot is in an alley getting railed by a stranger. Uh, this particular paramedic is married with to a woman with children. Um, and apparently likes to go into the city and have anonymous sex with men in alleys. Which, like, the only problem with that is that he's cheating on his wife, in my opinion. Um, I, uh, I have a complicated feelings about che- cheating in books. I, I do feel like it's a problem. I also feel like the, there's a large problem where I don't know how protected that sex was. Yeah. And, like, uh, I do feel like sometimes, especially if you are a closeted man, like there's a lot of hard choices you make. Yeah. And I'm not going. I'm not going to be angry about him having about him cheating. Right. Okay. I am going to be angry at her him putting her life in danger, in addition okay. to his own, sure. because he's making desperate choices. Sure. And when that scene first started, I was like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. But then after they both finished, he was, like, chatting with the guy and they were being friendly with each other. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, this isn't as dire and yeah, grim as yeah. it could have been. They both know what's going on. Okay, sure, 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 sure. So then Griff is like, but Tommy's gay. Uh. So then basically Tommy is like, and it, like, he's like, is this what my life is going to become? Like, mm-hmm. having sex with strangers in an alley. And then later, Tommy gets gay-bashed. And he's like, well, obviously, I can't tell anyone because I'm going to get gay-bashed. Um, and it was done in such a way that nobody really cared about Tommy. Griff only seemed to care about Tommy in so much that, like, he didn't want to turn into Tommy. Yeah. He didn't care about him as a person. Yeah, Tommy was definitely an... A Tommy, Tommy was definitely an abstract outside lesson. Yeah. And, and even later, when they the three of them end up... Tommy 
Griff and Dante all end up going back to that gay bar together. And it's after Tommy's been queer bashed, so he's still healing, so he still has visible marks of it. And they, Griff and Dante show up, and Tommy's like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, look at me. Look at how I look. And they're like, oh, man, no, it's fine. And Dante's like, get it the fuck together, bro. And just, like, walks away. And Griff's like, no, it's fine. And Tommy's like, I don't know. And Griff's like, meh, and walks away. And they just leave him out there. Yep. It's like, you fucking assholes. Meanwhile, Tommy walks in. Everybody at the bar knows that he's been queer bashed. And a stout little rugby player hits on him. And I'm like, great, Tommy's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, and then he gets to come over to family dinners and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, Dante does the porn. Griff watches it and jerks off to it every chance he gets. And of course, you know, like they're big manly men and they all jerk off like five times a day and they all got giant dicks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Whatever. this was another Coke can dick. Coke can dick. <laughs> but okay, so Griff is very tall, beefy, redheaded, uncut. And where's a kilt? So I'm just like, oh, God, I want to hate him. And yet, oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, man. When I read all that, I was like, oh, this is Neil's man. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Dante comes to Griff again and is basically like, hey, so I still need money. And I found out I'll get a lot more money if you come with me. And it's fine. It's just like in the locker room. We just like jerk off together. It's fine. So they go and do that. Which I appreciate Griff saying, uh, we don't do that. And he's like, well, we had sex with, like, ladies in the same room one time. He's like, yeah, it's different, though. They're yeah, having sex with each other. Right. And, and he's like, you jerked off with Flip together, didn't you, Shirley, in the locker room when you're on the team? And Griff's like, no. And Dante's <laughs> like, oh, well, I did. Whoa. And, and Griff is genuinely like, what is your life? What? <laughs> What are you even doing? <laughs> I appreciate that so much. It's like, yeah, the whole what? time, the whole time, Griff was like, "I hope he learns a lesson from this." No, Dante doesn't learn lessons. No, he doesn't. No. So they they go and they they do the scene together where it's them in their uniforms and they like jerk off together. And because he watched Dante's solo video, Griff knows that Dante likes having his butthole played with a little bit. So just a little bit of that, just like a little bit of doo with the finger. And then at some point, Griff jerks off onto Dante, like, onto his chest. And they were like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, so Griff is like, ah, oh, that fucking sleazy Russian Alex. He's such a pimp. He's a blah, blah, blah. And they show up and Alex like, hey, so here's your contract. Uh-huh. Let's all, he does the, the thing where he films them consenting to everything. And he's like, okay, whatever you feel comfortable doing, just like... And say whatever you want. Let me know if you need to take a break. Just let me know when you ejaculate. Like, that's the one thing I can't edit around. But everything else is just, like, whatever you're comfortable with, let me know. It was just, like... I mean, you will get paid more for doing more, but you don't have to But you don't have to. That's only if you want to. He never pressured them or anything. He was just, like, very professional. Never touched them without consent. Right. It was obvious, like... He was into it. If you invite me in, I'm totally coming in. And they waved him off one point. And he's like, okay. Yeah. That was, I was like, oh, he is not gross. No, he's not. He was very professional. And they should they sign contracts first. Yes. And each, each shoot, too. Each yep. shoot, they signed a different contract. Yep. Um, and there were several times where Griff sees him out in public. Like, Tommy is super drunk and shows up. And he starts talking to Alec, and Griff is like, uh, Alex's gonna convince him to do whatever because he's such a Russian porno sleazebag. Blah. And he goes over, and he's kind of like... Tommy's gotta go. Like, he's way too... And Alex's like, 
Okay, one second. And he goes to the bar, he brings coffee, and he's like, I'll put him in a cab, don't worry about it. Because uh, this was while um, Griff was at one of his other jobs as a bouncer at the Stone Bone. Oh. Barf. Um, which isn't a gay bar, surprisingly. I don't know. Anyway, so Alex's like, oh, I know you're working. I'll, I'll put him in a cab. I'll send him home. And then he, like, texted him or called him afterwards to be like, oh, like, I put him in the cab. It should be fine. And blah, blah. So Alec was great. Alex was great. Yeah, was, well, and also there's a very specific point later that we'll get to when he was really great. Yes. Ugh. Anyway, so then... Um, Dante's like, oh, Griff, I still need money, man. And they, it's fine. Um, so they decide that they are going to blow each other on camera. Yes, 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 yes. And that happens. Mm-hmm. And for pages. It happens for pages. And Griff definitely, and most of this is from Griff's point of view. So we know that Griff enjoys it. Oh, yeah. It seems like Dante enjoys it, too. Very much. Very much so. So then, this is where I start hating the book. Ah, uh, yes. So, there's, and of course the whole time they're like kind of weird, they're kind of avoiding each other, but they can't because they're best friends and they're basically brothers and like, Dante's whole family is invested in Griff's life and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, Griff goes over to Dante's house for game night and usually there are a bunch of guys there, but it's just the two of them. And then, they fuck. Yeah, they do. They're they, boned down. They fuck so much. This is the first time, I think, if I can recall, that we've had flip-fucking. Yep. Usually, it's they, you know, they're verse, but like, oh, in this session, this person tops, so the next session, the other person tops. This time, we had flip-fucking. Um, and I will say, because apparently, you know, Griff's cock was enormous, and Dante just caught, sort of like, got it in there right away, but Dante likes it rough. And that was established early in the book. I'm like, that's going to hurt, but it seems like that's what he's into. So, like, sure, I believe it. Right. Um, and then I'm also it's... pretty sure he he plays with toys and things. Oh, probably. Yeah, so probably. he wasn't, like, completely virginal. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because he's talked about how he's had girls rim him before and yeah. stuff. Anyway, okay. Oh, also, Dante's, like, a player. He's a he's a ladies, a ladies' man. Also, some of the... Oh, my God. Some of the words that they used for, like, sex and the way that they talked about women in this book was oh. so awful. Oh, just... Oh, polishing the knob and, like... Oh, God. All this horrible stuff. I mean, in general, I felt like the writer was going for rough fireman talk. Sure. So... And sometimes I was like, we don't need to go this far. You don't, yeah, right. Because also, they never say a nice thing about a woman. Never. Yeah, they're just tail. Mm-hmm. Tail and pussy. I, except for um, his ex-wife, uh, Griff's ex-wife. He genuinely is like... Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. she should have left. Yeah. The, she yeah, was yeah, right yeah. to do that. I'm proud of her for doing it. Yeah, because um, the fallout of 9-11 is what led to yeah. their divorce. Yeah. So, and she's, yeah. He's like, yeah, she should have gone. She should, yeah. Yeah. That was not good. He, he was like, I I should have, like, asked to end things, but I was in such a terrible space that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, so, so one. One one good lady. Anyway. <laughs> so, they fuckity fuck fuck fuck, and it was an enjoyable scene. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then the next morning, they wake up in bed together. Uh-huh. And it turns out they both loved each other the, the whole, whole time. time. And then they have a conversation about their relationship. And I'm like, okay, great. And basically, Griff is like, don't, don't cheat on me. And Dante's like, what? I would never. 
And Griff's like, you cheat on women all the time. And he's like, no, man, I, like, I haven't been with a woman in a long time. I know I have this reputation. So I didn't believe it. Well, no, I it was also, he's like, I'm always trying to, honestly, most of the tail I get is just me trying to keep tail away from you. No. Because I get jealous. And, and Griff was like, no. No, shut up. Yeah. Also, he, like, will be dating some girl and then cheat on her with some other girl and then cheat on that girl with some other girl. And, like, he, he has done it. So for him to be, like, offended and to, like... Well, it's at this see, point also, that I start hating Dante as a character. Yeah, it gets worse. But also, I kind of felt like the author was like, okay, well, obviously they've been with women before, but, like... They're gay now, so all of a sudden they're just not interested in women. Right. It's like, no, they can be bi. Yeah. Like, they can still be interested in they women. They can be bi. But then all of a sudden it's just like, it's you and me. We're not cheating, right? Okay, great. And then all of a sudden, Dante is so jealous and possessive. Oh, God. It's the and worst. And it's a good thing. Like, Griff loves it. I hated it. It was so obnoxious. And he was like, publicly aggressively protective right. in this gross way really gross way and then like things that he would get jealous at griff for he would then do and then griff would call him out on it and be like yeah, it's different so basically after seeing tommy get queer bash that happens right after they film the blowjob scene so griff's like if anybody finds out, we're going to get killed. We mm -hmm. are going to be, get murdered. Because, like, when Tommy got queer bashed, like, he almost died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the street, beaten to a pulp. Somebody started pissing on him. Like, it was awful. Yep. Absolutely awful. And Griff was like, I got to get that video taken down or, or we will die. So he goes to Alec, ready to, like, threaten him and beat him up. And Alec's like, let's sit down and have a talk about it. And Griff's like... This is what happened. Like, my friend Tommy just got queer bashed. And Alex's like, oh my god, that's terrible. Is he okay? And he's like, yeah, he's in the hospital. He's alive. Oh, yeah, I did like that. See, he's like, oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, he's yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. um, anyway, anyway, I'm angry. <laughs> we need to take this video down. And Alex's like, all right, let's talk about it. Because, it, of course, it got super popular. Because Dante's very hot and charming. And Alec is, like, a redwood tree. Um, so he's like, okay, I haven't posted the blowjob scene yet. But we've had a, a big uptick in membership since your jerk-off scene. So, like, I can't just say, no, it's fine, whatever. Like, I'm, I, I'm trying to run a business here, but, like, let's talk about it. So they basically come to the agreement that Alec will not post that video if Griffin allows himself to be photographed without showing his face or any discerning marks on his body to basically be, like, the headless torso that's on the website when mm -hmm. you're, like, searching through the videos. And Griffin's like, just just pictures and nobody will see my face. And Alex took like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And Alex is like, great. I'm going to set you up with this photographer I know. She's great. And she was. Yeah, she was. She was a feisty lesbian. So Dante's like, I have to go with you. I don't want some whore pying all over you. Calm the fuck down, Dante. Right. Well, then he was also upset that, like, he was doing it in the first place. Right. Right, and um, I kind of wrote it... Oh, yeah, Griff was like... Dante's like, I don't want to think about other people doing this and, like, some whore pieing all over you, blah, blah, blah. And Griff's like, deal with it, because guess what? I already fucking have when you did this in the first place. <laughs> you started this whole thing, asshole. I've had to deal with it, and now you have to deal with it. I'm doing this to save our fucking asses, and Alec is being generous and offering this to us. Yeah. 
So, and Donna's like, uh, yes, fine. Um, so they go in, and right away he hates Beth, because she's just some whore trying to paw right. his man. Beth is a lesbian and does not give a shit. Right. And she's feisty, and Dante's like, yeah, well, shut up. And she's like, sit down, Guido. I don't got time for you. And then, of course, they become friends. Whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and then, so, well, so also here's the thing. So when they had sex and woke up together, I'm like, oh, this is the end. And then it just kept going. Forever. And then there was the bit with the the um the photo shoot and then there's the bit with telling the family and then there was the bit with the this and the bit with the and usually there's like more sex yeah in these books Eh, there wasn't more sex so many false endings and there's so many sections that ended with these like really poignant assertions and there was one time that like the end of a section was like it was around thanksgiving because he had the thanksgiving dinner they were out to their family the family accepted them it all was great and it ended with like, oh, even New York without the Twin Towers and this and this. And now we've healed and New York can give thanks. It's like, okay. And it, it was more poignant than that. It, that sounds cheesy, but it was actually really poignant when you read it. And then it's like, oh, that's a really good ending to a book. And then it just kept going. And then the very last line is, Griff says to Dante, well, maybe I can shock you. And that's the end. I'm just like, what? A d- what? What? It was like in context of what they were saying, but it's just like this is you've had so many better endings. You've had four better endings already happen in this yep. book, and this is where you're leaving us. Alright. Mm. Yeah, no, agreed. I was okay, and just real quick on onto Alec and that scene. Not only does he say, like, oh, um, how how's Tommy? Is he okay? Mm-hmm. But he's also like, You need to stop drinking, man. Yeah. There, he's like, there, there are lots of ways to kill yourself and I think you're on the road and Griff is like oh um yeah I do drink too much and and then he's like Dante is just trying to kill himself a different way by working too hard um maybe it's because you need to tell each other your feelings you obviously love each other and he's like oh bro no Dante can't love me and and Alec is like whatever figure out your shit <laughs> but like in a really nice way because yeah. he was really nice yes he was very nice he was very pleasant and and like very open hearted mm-hmm. and like I was like oh and oh, I, I hate misunderstanding plots mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened he, oh my like, god he has con- this- like literally a conversation overheard through a hole in the floor of the like crap shack house that obvi- obviously, it was obviously the dad telling Dante, you need to tell Griff that you're in love with him. Yeah, obviously. And, like, be sure, because I know your past, and, like, don't fuck around with people's feelings. But Griff overheard, you gotta confront him about it. And Griff's like, oh, he hates me. Uh. And I was like, fuck bitch. this fucking shit. I know, right? I was so angry. Um... Yeah, um, if we're talking about Damon Swade's like book to verbalize, please do. Um, I did say there was a lot of showing, not telling. Yes. So I do mm-hmm, feel like this mm-hmm. was a good example of that. Um, I do feel like you could feel the planning. Yeah. This book was planned. Yeah. I think he could have used another draft, if only because he needed to kill some darlings mm-hmm. that are not in the plan. Yeah. That do not follow theme. Yeah. Like, a lot of it did. Like, I think his characters did their story. Um, I think sometimes he was too rigid. Um, like, like 
Dante was only this one type of person until he was suddenly this other type. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Like, he was just so charming and affable and, like, everybody has lots of sex and, like, oh, tell me about your sexual exploits and I'll tell you about mine and let's just be naked together all the time. Nobody can look at you. You're mine. You belong to me. Yeah. It was creepy. Yeah. Gross and I hated it. It was no good. It also didn't feel true of his character. Yeah, and and Griff was also one way for a really long time. Mm um until he was healed and like yeah. it didn't like the sudden like a man who survived 9-11 and was still a firefighter and was continually worried about the death of his best friend and lover you, you don't just fix that by marrying them no so <laughs> i feel like he for me it was like a little bit better than it usually is because like watching tommy and then talking with alec and like he in this book he's begun to do work on himself yes agree and it, and it wasn't like oh this marriage or like knowing that dante loves me has fixed me but it's like oh i have dante so now i have a reason to like get my shit together and you know or at least we're, I, we're being honest about yeah, it yeah, anyway yeah. so yeah i appreciate no i but do yeah it was like it, the russians like you gotta stop drinking and it's like Okay. <laughs> Guess I must. Yeah. Which he he did need to. He did. Not he, stop drinking, but definitely. He, like, he was drinking too much. He was blackout drunk several he, times. And he said he's like he would drink. He basically like would try to escape his feelings for Dante by getting drunk, which to me seems counterintuitive. <laughs> oh, me when I oh if I'm trying to hide my crush on someone when I'm drunk, no. Yeah. No, the opposite happens. <laughs> Oof. Uh. Yeah, agreed. I think so. Yeah, I I do feel like there there was you could feel the author who was in this book mm-hmm. who had written that other book. Um, I don't feel like it was counter to anything he said. Really, yeah. um, it, it and it also did feel like somebody who was uh, who the person who wrote this book was definitely a person who's written way more things than mm-hmm. has written most of the books we read. But this book was also overlong, like his other book was. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> also, like his other book probably could have ended sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. No, absolutely agreed. He could definitely feel it. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought the way he treated 9-11... The way he treated the people who existed in 9-11. They felt like New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. They were firemen. That was intrinsic to the story. Yeah, it was I'll, intrinsic to who they were as people. I every I feel that every other book that we've read so far that mentions 9-11 did it because they felt they had to. Yeah. But this, this was like actually part of the story and told really well. Oh my god, that scene where they're at the, the site of the towers. It's just oh it was so rough and then like him going trying to get back to brooklyn and like none of the cell phones are working and landlines aren't working and just like the whole city just had no idea what the fuck was going on for like three days yes it was really well written no uh, absolutely absolutely it was very evocative and i i thought jesus christ those sex scenes were great those were great sex scenes jesus fucking christ they were very hot, mm-hmm. very good, mm-hmm. uh, very detailed, mm-hmm. and very emotional. Yeah, like yeah, because they were not outside plot. They were they didn't these did not feel separate from the plot yeah. or from character development. And even when they were like f- like for the the jerk off scene and the blowjob scene in front of camera before they had expressed their feelings to each other, it was still like their first times doing that with 
a man. So there was still like discovery and like, and of course, oh, oh I forgot to mention. Goodness gracious. Um, Dante decided to do it because he wanted to fuck Griff. Yeah. So instead of actually saying, hey, let's fuck, he was like, I need money and I want to fuck Griff. So let's do this. 100%. He's a garbage person. He's a garbage person. Can I just say the, the one part about the sex I didn't enjoy, and this is obviously just a me thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a me thing. But now I know my line. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not sure I'm on board with men eating their own cum. Oh, okay. I didn't know that about myself. Uh, now you know. Good for them. I'm not like, uh, uh, I'm not like, absolute not. Uh-huh. That's, you know, whatever you gotta do, man, or want to do, sure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sexy to me. Okay. Like, I, again, d- go go do what you must, if that's if that's what turns you on. I, I think I just never experienced so much of it. Uh-huh. There was a lot of it. Okay, gents, if you want to seduce Claire, eating your own cum is not the way about not, it. Mm, not the way to go. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, I can see a taste. What's this taste like? Okay. Not like, well, this is happening now. It's the easiest way to get rid of it. <laughs> Which... Dante says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, why use socks? You can just eat it. Right. Well, but that was him trying to, like, float some gay stuff under the guise of. Yeah, but also. But also, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was bridge too far for Claire. Okay, well, now we know. This book also talked about pre-cum a lot more. A lot. Which, I mean. I mean, I'm glad. I'm also like, oh, okay. <laughs> It's a gay man. I mean, like, it's fine. It was just like, oh. Most gay men I know love it because it's a good indication that we're doing our jobs. Well, no, agreed. (laughs) I'm on board with it. And then there's twice as much of it. It was just talking about it so much. (laughs) Ropes of it. Strings of it. Ropes and strings of it. There's one part where he was like, cob, the, the, like, the. I think he he came on Dante's stomach and he pr- they like pressed against each other and then he pulled back and it was like oh the cum was making cobwebs between us cumwebs cumwebs yeah he had these little like aside sentences all the time in italics those were yeah kind of I don't think we've had a single book that talked about cum as much uh, yeah twenty four inches it just ended up somewhere yeah whereas this it was like part of yeah which I did appreciate yeah. Because it's, it's a thing, you know, yeah. it's, it's part of sex. It is. So anyway. Anyway. That was that book. That was that book. All right. <gasps> yes. Shall we fuck, Mary kill? Let's play fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Do you want to go first? Sure. All right. All right. Neil. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Uh-huh. Um, sex demons. Okay. <laughs> firefighters. Uh-huh. Fortune tellers. Oh. Actual psychics. Okay. Um. Oh. Yeah. I think I'm going to fuck firefighters. Um, I couldn't handle being married to one. Just like constantly fearing that your spouse is about to die would not be a life I can live. Um. Sorry, it got dark. Uh, so I'd fuck firefighters. And I would marry psychics. Because I think that'd be interesting. Just like... Especially if they're the ghost-talking ones or the, like, 
I just think it'd be, it'd be interesting. Varney seems great. Yeah. And I would kill sex demons. Normally I'd want to fuck a sex demon because they better be really good, but then you die. I'm like, I have, I have stuff I need to do. <laughs> I have laundry I have to do, so I can't be dead from sex. So, so yeah. Uh, you know, I feel, uh, I feel the same. I, I really, I think I would marry a psychic because honestly, like, I don't know, they probably do pull a pretty good living. Um, we can move to, um, Oracle Bay. Oracle Bay. <laughs> we moved to Oracle Bay where there might be some sex demons hanging out making beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm also going to kill sex demons because, ugh, mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, they so needy. Very drama queens. Mm-hmm. More so than the psychic, which was interesting. Yeah. Although firefighters, turns out, drama queens. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, and I'm also going to fuck firefighters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Griff is built like a redwood, and I want to climb that man. <laughs> Want to climb that man? Mm-hmm. Plant my flag. Hang out for a bit. Then go home to my psychic. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Okay, Claire. Uh-huh. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Varney. Uh-huh. Tommy. Uh-huh. Alec. Varney, Tommy, Alec. Okay. Um, I'm going to marry Alec. Okay. Smart businessman. Uh-huh. Treats his uh treats his artists well. Mm-hmm. Um, is honest with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like seems like he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um It's kind of a one man operation, I, but he's, yeah, he's I, doing all right. He has an assistant who isn't always useful. Um oh just mention just the once. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um Oh yeah. Obviously the website's not doing so great because they have a real shit building. Yeah. But it's also I think hard to get like uh porn website into a good building yeah. it's also in manhattan yeah so yeah it's a former it's an old warehouse space in manhattan so. that's true yeah. that's true but so but he seems to have good connections to good people yeah i don't know he seems like such a nice man yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's a good head on his shoulders mm-hmm. i'm going with the russian um which means and i'm gonna fuck varney because i thought he was great mm-hmm. such an interesting person mm-hmm. i'm on board i'm sorry tommy I'm so to- I'm so sorry. Poor Tommy. I'm so sorry. Um, but also, you weren't quite developed. Who knows what... He was a cautionary tale. He was a cautionary tale. I'm killing a cautionary tale. <laughs> that sounds like a thing we would do, yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I would marry Varney. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea of having a husband who, like, does psychic drag for a living makes me so happy. I think that'd be so great. Um, I would uh, fuck Alec in the hopes that a friendship blossomed and he'd invite me and introduce me to interesting people. Um, also, I'm not going to marry him because he, like, trolls through bars for um, models and that almost got the shit kicked out of him in the first time we see him. Yeah, So true. I, you know. Um, but he was great. And then poor, poor Tommy. Poor, 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 poor Tommy. Poor Tommy. Poor. R.I.P. Sad face. Yeah. And the books? Um, of the books, I think I am going to. 
of the books. Um, I think I am going to fuck hotheads. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Uh, mm. So, if I may interject, I'm gonna fuck hothead, and I'm gonna like fool around with falling under. I'm not gonna fuck it, but I don't want to kill it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So I'm just gonna like get to second base. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Normally, I feel like I don't allow this kind of thing, but I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah agreed, agreed. Those agreed. spooky scenes were so They're great. So good. Oh, so great. good. Ugh. Okay. Great. Right. Well, is it time? Yes. Is it time? Time. For our favorite game. Christine Guess. I'm ready. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Okay, Claire. Yes. What are we reading next? Okay. Next we are reading How to Talk to Nice English Girls by Gretchen Evans. Mm-hmm. And Across the Formidable Sea by Claire M. Lamnin. So, how to talk to nice English girls and across the formidable sea. I have a theory and I'm, I feel exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe like pilgrims? Oh. Because the boat and English people coming over on a boat uh-huh. on the formidable sea. I think that I is know. not bad. That okay. is not bad. All right. I, I mean, on a track. Okay. 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 Is it long distance relationships between Americans and British people? Um, Very, very close. Okay. Very, very, very close. Well, <laughs> that's me. And I wouldn't put it past Clara to pick a theme around me but okay um formidable sea the formidable sea is it the titanic it is not but that is not this is also not a bad guess okay any more any more guesses we want to throw out no i don't i mean like nothing that's not nautical is it nautical? Like transatlantic crossings? It is transatlantic crossings. It is American women going over to England in the 1920s. <gasps> Ooh! That is how specific <laughs> right? this theme is. I don't know how we're going to put this on the website. I'll figure it out. American women going over to London, or Britain actually, it's Britain. In the 1920s. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I, I'm i so excited for the fashion to be described to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. And for, Flapper depending moves. when in the 20s it is, for the American woman to be like, I can drink again! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, so is the queer one a, a lesbian book? Yes, okay, it is. Okay, great, because we haven't had one in a while. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, we haven't done lesbians in a while. Yeah, no, and this one, uh, I mean, the cover is just super cute. Um, but I picked this one. It just, it was highly recommended. Well, not highly. I was, it was just recommended. And I was like, oh, yeah, this looks great. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, so I just find another romance that takes place in England in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an easy way to go. Yeah, sure. It is not an easy way to go. Oh. Let me tell you this. And other people on other forums have asked this because it seems like, you know, the dresses, like the roaring 20s, mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. Like, uh, a no. Uh, one, it was it was not in fashion to write about that time period when they were living in that time period mm. when it was romances. 
um, in large part because it was there was fascism all over England, oh. and it was not great. Um, a generation of young men were dead. That's true. From the Great War, That's and true. it was awful. And if they weren't dead, they weren't doing so hot either. England was in a horrific recovery Mm -hmm. from the war just in general like it was there was not doing well um it was bad times so what was popular was murder mysteries there was a shit ton yeah there was a shit ton of murder mysteries about and written during the 1920s is one of these also a murder mystery neither one's also a murder mystery i'm very sorry (laughs) Uh. so uh and it was it was just incredible and it was like oh i'd never like all of the romances uh that are written about english people during that time Mm -hmm. usually take place in parts of the empire so there's a lot that take place in Africa, there's mm-hmm. some in India, there's some in like other parts of islands. There's a lot of British people going over to the United States and experiencing that. Um, there is a romance movie that I really like, and it's Mrs. Um, Mrs. Something's Day Out. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember. But like, and that's great. And it is about that time period, but it is actually really, really close to the beginning of World War II. Mm. so it's almost like misses that time period that also misses the time period and kind of skips over it Mm -hmm. it is very interesting and also like that was that was a time when all of like animal farm was written and Mm -hmm. um a lot of books that were social activism books that were specifically about shit look at all this fascism that's happening all over the world and specifically in england oh no everybody we should kind of open our eyes and be like ah (laughs) fascism bad and everybody was like nah it's cool oh wait hitler (laughs) oh wait Mm. maybe should have paid attention anyway so I find that highly fascinating. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Let's end the show. Okay, great. Thank you, Claire. And thank you, Neil. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you again, authors. Thank you, authors, so much. Like, uh, we've done these authors two times. Twice in a row. Wow, good for them. Good for... I guess. Yeah. Maybe terrible for them. <laughs> well, we'll see if they ever find this episode. <laughs> um, thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. We adore you. We adore everything about you. Yeah. Especially that you listen to us. That's Indeed. my favorite thing about you. Find us on Twitter, FMKLitPod. And, yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your lovers. Tell your mothers. Tell your brothers. Tell, tell your sisters and your cousins. Don't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Okay, great. Yeah, and what else? What's the last thing we should tell them? Keep 